but they said like consistently like the greatest hurdle for education in Guatemala was that children don't know how to dream and we took that to heart so in, in the beginning again it started just purely as, as, as creativity I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing. So do your own research. Welcome to the Hopper Podcast. We are here in the brew house south in Nashville with our friend my friend scott moore yeah yeah um, you got to make sure you put the owen in there it can't just be scott scott moore. owen moore scott yeah. owen moore who looks like an aviator right now with his headset on <laughs> he looks like a badass fighter pilot we're sitting here drinking beer what are you drinking uh i am drinking a bearded bearded iris uh homestyle ipa okay local beer yeah ipas are trash mm. Mm. <laughs> i beg to differ <laughs> them's fighting words <laughs> We're at least drinking an Aloha beer of some kind. Yeah, I'm drinking a Hawaiian beer. Oh, nice! Is it like their gold, their golden ale. The, the I don't know what it's called. The Kona Lager, Sorry. maybe. Looks. Yeah, you're talking over my head now. <laughs> wearing a straw skirt. Where's the, Where's the oh. menu? It's right I, here. It's right I, here. I can, it's the only Hawaiian beer on there. I am drinking a Belgian quad that is delicious. Yeah, yeah. Would you tell us the story of Iamart? Yeah. Uh, so, as you just mentioned, uh, married to Amelia. Um, the short of it was that we tried to have kids for about 10 years mm. and wrestled with infertility for a long time. And yeah. we adopted two sons from Guatemala. And God, that sounds better in my ear. Thanks. Is that better for you? Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to tell me. I'm just using my levels. And that's the first thing Sorry. you said. I can Scott adjust things. Scott is a little bit. genius, by the way. You should just hand it to him. So there's not a whole lot I can do, but I can... Anyway, I'm just trying to keep these levels in the right place. We're a place. couple imbeciles trying to, to do tech stuff. But <laughs> I'm better than Dave, but I'm not great. Yeah. I'm better than Dave, but not great. Yeah. When we look in the mirror, can you still say that? <laughs> Doggone it. I like you. <laughs> he has right. a manly haircut, though. Okay. okay. We all have the same haircut. No, it's awesome. <laughs> it's very funny. You got yours covered up. I okay, always sorry, wear a hat. Is, so I Am Art uh, was basically birthed out of, um, whether you call it pain or struggle or yeah. trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, our story started beautifully. We married Amelia. I think she's the most wonderful person on the planet. Um, but for some reason, we were not able to have kids. So we adopted two sons from Guatemala. And um, on our second trip there, we had a friend who was a missionary. He invited us into a prison. I got, my faith was challenged by yeah. a gangster in Guatemala yeah. um, who basically said, like, you, you Christians are in a gang just like us. You follow a leader. You have language, symbols, you know, uh-huh. customs, all that stuff. The difference between your gang and my gang is that you have the luxury of being a hypocrite. Mm. So, mm. while his theology was a little flawed, um, it still convicted me. I remember going back to the hotel that night and holding Elliot and um, wondering, like, well, what if, what if he weren't adopted? Would he? He probably would end up in a gang, just uh-huh. like those guys in the uh-huh. prison. And then I thought it forward even more, and like, it's not even, it's not even an issue of like him. It's like anybody, anybody going yeah. through that kind of, uh, being raised in that kind of an environment would want to survive. So. We uh, 
we basically decided we, we couldn't adopt our kids and go on with our lives and forget about the, the, the stuff that was still going on in Guatemala. Right. So mm-hmm. we, our initial response was uh, to produce a couple documentaries, the first of which actually Dave helped out with. Yeah, um, I was down there with you. And that was really, um, it was so organic because we didn't necessarily even have an agenda other than we wanted to just go down and we wanted to bless the ministry that God was already doing in Guatemala with Guatemalans. It wasn't like we were going to come in and save right. the day. So that led to um, those films, like we had Reparando and then we did a follow-up um, called Becoming Fools. And and that period was about four years, and we met a lot of different people working in ministry in Guatemala over that time. Yeah. And um, right, actually, it was when we were in Guatemala for a screening, uh, we got invited to go out, and um, there was a, a a secular nonprofit that was doing creative arts camps in Guatemala at the time, and they had their funding had run out or something and yeah. they're working with uh, a ministry that we're really fond of in La Limonada with Tita and um, so we decided well, well we can, we're creative so we can figure this out yeah. yeah so in the beginning it was just purely like wanting to help out some of our friends who were in ministry in Guatemala and teach their kids you know the, the kids that were living in, in the slums in the poor areas like how to use creativity um, to see beyond the limitations that potentially, you know, like you imagine yeah. a child in a third world country, if their their grandparents worked in the dump and their parents worked in the dump, it's probably likely that they're going to end up working in the dump too. Sure, yeah. So in the beginning, it was really just purely like I, we wanted to teach the kids to dream. Um, in our research for those documentaries, we had, we interviewed a lot of educators and, you know, we asked them about the hurdles. You know, what are the hurdles in Guatemala? And we assumed that it was going to be related to like money. Like, we don't have the resources, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But they said, like, consistently, like, the greatest hurdle for education in Guatemala was that children don't know how to dream. And we took that to heart. So, in, in the beginning, again, it started just purely as, as, as creativity. Um, and then, fast forward, um, we did kind of like some small camps. Uh, and then a few years later, it started kind of, word started to get out. And other organizations were asking mm-hmm. us to like to bring the camps to them as well, and um, that was right right about the same time that um, Robin Williams um, took his life, mm. and I remember being um, like really impacted by mm-hmm. by that, mm-hmm. and and then thinking through at that particular point in time, like think about all of the creatives throughout yeah. history who yeah, yeah, yeah. who have either ended their own lives or lived lifestyles that were really, really hard on them, you mm-hmm. know. Um, struggling to relate. Yeah. To, to fit in. Or yeah. And mental express. illness. There seems to be a strong connection, anecdotally at least, between folks who are really, really, like, like genius-level creative mm-hmm. and mental illness. I think uh, I've done a lot of thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think partially it's because um, the nature of being creative is seeing the potential of yes. something, right? Yes. Seeing yes. something that's not actual. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem with creativity is that the human mind and the creative spirit is not bound to any reality. Like, mm. it's not bound to time or money or resources or anything. And so, as someone who's drawn, you know, into creativity, mm-hmm. the reality is that very few times in our lives will the results actually be as wondrous as 
what the original vision was mm. because we live in a fallen world mm. with all of these things that yeah. prevent our vision from becoming yes. real. Yes. Um, mm. And then, uh, of course, the other part of it too as a creative is seeing the details of things that most people in the world don't notice. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you feel disconnected anyways, right? Um, you feel very different, um, misunderstood yep. for certain, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, CGI, with all of its criticism, it really has opened the doorway. There are people who, who had this vision and they just couldn't accomplish it with camera tricks and, you know, typical claymation or whatever. And, then, mm -hmm. and CGI has allowed people to, to, to better realize some of their dreams oh, yeah. at the cinema. And that way, you know, I couldn't make this movie and now I can. And, um, and that's great mm -hmm. um, to kind of better bring that that creativity to to some form of reality right even if it's a, if it's a movie or yeah to yeah. be able to, to i mean all of the digital tools that we have now um, i just watched yeah. i just watched uh, light and magic last week binged it all and uh, i don't know if you've seen it or not but it's about it's about industrial light and magic and uh -huh. and all of the technologies not just the the fruit of their work but actually the they literally went out in the beginning and had to like invent cameras by taking old cameras and mixing, you know, blank, uh -huh. building them together, you know, so yeah, they didn't yeah. just come up with the idea of the the product, but they had to create the actual some way to to make the illusion it and correct. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, innovators. I've been, I've been thinking about something else, and I'm curious, especially for someone like you who's been thinking so much about this. I wonder what you think about this. Um, really, really creative people, genius level creatives, also are coming up with stuff like that no one else has ever thought of before. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, your mind has to work in a way that is different than anybody else's mind. And while that's really beneficial for the creative process, really beneficial for the creative process, if your mind doesn't work the way that most people's work, I would imagine that it's really difficult to connect with someone relationally. Huh. And... So relationships are really hard, right. then, if that's the case. I'm wondering, I'm wondering. Uh -huh. And difficulty in relationships, of course, is going to lead to mental illness and mental struggles, depression, mm -hmm. and, and all kinds of isolation mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Right. What do you think about that? I, I absolutely agree um, and have experienced it in my own life. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> Feeling, in my, my life was compounded even in, in, in addition to being creative, I also grew up, my dad was in the military, so I moved every two or three years. Ah, okay. So that compounded so even it. even more isolation. Yeah. I'm um, sorry, I wasn't exactly talking about you. Yeah, but you are really talking really about me. <laughs> I, well, okay. I'm not, it wasn't available. I don't have to, I don't have to like imagine, I can actually explain from my sure. own experience. Okay. Okay. Um, I do think that on the plus side, like the, um, in, like, we are so, like God created us to be like, I don't even know how to put words to it. Like, so resilient in a certain way, yes. like the mind in the absence of these connections, the mind can make up for it. And so yes. I think, I do think that actually the very thing that you describe, which is a weakness also is what creates the strength and creativity because exactly. it, it exactly. teaches us to, um, I, I like to say like, it's not about apples to apples, actually true creativity is apples to oranges. Right. We're making new connections that other mm. people have never made before. Yes. And that's what creates the profound, ah, aha yes. moment, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Because most things have been done. Right. There's, there's no new stories, you know, there's no new anything, right. but we live in, a, especially in a world with the internet now where you can like remix yeah. and reconnect and, um, and my, connections. Yeah. yeah. So that was, in my last role, I was a creative director at an ad agency and, 
I mean, that was the mantra all the time. It's like, don't look for apples. You got to look mm-hmm. for connections between apples and oranges. Right. And it's that that's going to stand out in, in a busy, noisy world. Yes. You know? um, yes. But yes. Um, then it the, makes you, it's really hard to, to know and to be known. Right. Yeah, because you feel misunderstood to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, and then, uh, in like, I can remember times where uh, even very recently uh, ex- try to explain something to somebody who doesn't see the details that you can see yeah. um, and it just the blank stares back um, or the yeah. scoffing you know like that's not even not even uh, a possibility where really like no I can see how to get from where we are to that final destination and it's not that hard yeah. but sometimes it's difficult to explain yeah. so before we get back to I am Mark really I just want to let you know um, you know like I have um creativity to a degree mm-hmm. and you are a, you're a great systems builder right you you pattern things and scott does both of those really well okay so a lot of creatives don't systematize mm-hmm. or build systems but and scott, a lot of systematizers are not right. very creative exactly yeah scott does both of those uh very well yeah okay so um anyway i want to hear more about this ministry so you're you're concerned about the mental health of artistic types and the dismal issues that we can talk about at a later date like the U.S.'s <laughs> involvement in Guatemalan sure. history. <laughs> Is that something we need to put in the hopper? Yeah, we'll throw that in the yeah, hopper. Yeah, um, that's another story. Super yeah, important topic. Another story. But, yeah. but in terms of, um, so like in the beginning, it was yeah. just kind of just saying, okay, yeah, we can tell stories. And then, in, and it was funny because in the beginning, it was like, we're going to tell the stories about Guatemalans, we're going to collect that, and then we're going to edit it into a film. Um, and then essentially, uh-huh. with I Am Art, we flipped it upside down and said, we're actually going to help um, children understand their own stories. So mm-hmm. instead of like telling a story, we're going to help you in an in, in experience, help you understand the story that God is writing yes. on your own I life. Yeah. Um, and it essentially, I Am Art in a nutshell, in its most basic form, is like this using leveraging the the creative process um in a way to uh connect us to god's story uh, and and essentially the gospel and that is like creation fall new creation um so in i am art 101 we basically we walk kids through um the act of creating something and then we intersect or insert surprise uh, and a lot of times that surprise can be, uh, um, we're going to destroy the thing that you created. Yeah, yeah. Um, or at least alter it so that it's right. not recognizable. Um, and then to then recreate that brokenness into something even more beautiful and then connect it back so that they can understand that there's, oh, this is actually more beautiful than what it would have been if we right. would have just stayed in the yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. in a nutshell, that's what I Am Art kind of 101 is. And we've done it for like over... 10 years now um, 12 years I guess uh, and all over Guatemala we've done it here in the States um, as well um, and I think um, to kind of put a, a, a nice pin in I you know I'm, I'm a gringo <laughs> I'm a white guy yeah. uh, with two Guatemalan children and in the beginning uh, you know we really wanted to give back to Guatemala and over the years I've kind of struggled with the fact that like I'm not Guatemalan I'm only Guatemalan through my kids vicariously through my kids like I I really don't know what it's like to grow up there I don't like the the kids that come to the camps in Guatemala I I, I don't know what that's like but I do want to know what it's like to be creative 
And so there was a switch in my mind about three or four years into the process where I said, you know what, for me personally, maybe not organizationally, but for me, like the priority is like to really transform artists because they're my people. Going back to Robin Williams and people, you know, the, the list is super long about the creatives whose lives have been destroyed through the power of creativity, right? We think of that as a positive thing, but really creativity is so powerful that it will destroy us if it's not kept in check mm. with what I call like authentic community, right? To help us see truth in the midst of it. Yes. Um, so uh, the purpose in my mind of IMART is to transform the artist who's then also impacts the kids and the, and I say kids but really like IM Art now has grown beyond just working with kids sure, like it's work sure. with anybody that's experienced trauma in their life yeah. um, but if we can if we can change if we can transform the artist then their art is transformed and then it's just multiplicative you know like yeah, it's exponentially yeah. stronger and it reaches out so much further because from that point on that artist sees the world differently yeah. and sees the power yeah. that they have to to tell a story that's a true story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've been on a couple of these uh, trips and uh, was the president of the board for a stint. Um, and I just want to share a, a, an artistic project. This is one of my favorites and this is oh, probably yeah, what I, will, I would want to do again. I didn't do it, but I um, uh, uh, would like to do it if I go back. Okay. Um, you, you have a, a child drawing a self-portrait. Kids will typically... Um, use primary colors and, um, you know, big shapes and um, heavy lines and, and things that, that uh, when you get older, you have to kind of retrain yourself to do. Mm. You know, the kids have a kind of a, a natural artistic uh, sense. Um, and then along with that, there's a, there's a curriculum going on of teaching about um, that we are creations of God. We, yes. you know, I am, the great I am, we, mm. uh, I am art, we're his art. Yeah. We're his creatures. And he's drawn us. He's, yeah, exactly. And, and we are a work of art. Yeah. And these, we're, we're typically dealing with kids who have tragic lives. Of course. And, mm -hmm. and sexual abuse and things like that. And when you get to the third day, um, uh, in this case, we took like a black chalk um, uh, marker and, and covered the entire picture of their face. Mm. And we talked about their hurt and their trauma and their pain. And there were lots of tears. And they thought that their picture was ruined, and they were proud of it, and they enjoyed doing art, and then it was, you know, it was covered. But then the next day, as we talk about Christ and redemption, we scrape off that chalk, and what's left are that is that that picture that they made with the primary colors, but it's got all these darker tones mixed in that yeah. makes it so much more beautiful. Shading and yeah, yeah. The, the the contrast and the depth and all that, yeah. that it adds yeah, yeah. artistically, and it looks so much better, right? And then the, the thing is, it's in that way, it's like art therapy. We can't call it that. Um, sure. Uh, but it, it's like that. Therapeutic art. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 the, and then the piece that I think was really wise is just the community part. That they're doing this in community, and they celebrate that on the last day. They, they show their art, they, you know, and it's helping them to share their stories and mm -hmm. um, and so Scott developed all this curriculum he and his wife and uh, I was pleased to be a part of it and hope to do so again um, and uh, it's it's a powerful program everybody wants it um, it's uh, difficult to to scale or to figure that out because artistic folks 
you got to you know you got to get them involved and um, but then your your emphasis on them being transformed as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. From we so you know I said we didn't want to be the gringos going down and being superheroes. Like God's already at work in Guatemala. God's yeah. already at work around of the course. world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our role is to to bring people together. So typically, uh, the teams that we've taken to Guatemala have been fifty um, percent, we'd say, like from not from Guatemala. But, and I say that because it, there have been people from Europe and Canada. Like so, it's not just people from the United States that have formed a team. Okay. Um, and then usually half the team are people that are, are, are creatives that are in Guatemala themselves. And yeah. so it's a beautiful, diverse community to come together and share ideas and, and learn mm-hmm. from each other. As in, in it, not just. I'm going to go down and I'm going to like change a kid's life. It's right. not about that. Right. And, and then the stories that we hear on the, on the backside, like any service slash mission vision, whatever you want to call it trip. Um, we were, we're transformed way more than, you know, than we would have, ex- would have expected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I do think that um, the beauty is that from the beginning, it's, it's been like this We're We're going to just, bring people together we're not going to beat anybody over the head with anything um but at the same time i mean i I, it's almost like a liturgical experience right it's like you're physically going through something and um we don't have to like spell it out for the kids but they they connect the reality of like this external thing that their Mm -hmm. process that they're doing actually connects to their internal story of their souls um and it's been Amazing to see how that can happen in yeah. a really short time frame, you know. Not just liturgical, but almost sacramental. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. A visible storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and apart from this, you know, art therapy um, has shown tremendous promise, right? Um, the, uh, as has owning pets and various um, other tangible ways of working through PTSD or oh my gosh I was in Texas uh, a couple weeks ago for work and my my aunt is is I can't remember she can prescribe medicine so is she a psychologist what's that she can prescribe medicine uh-huh. uh, but she's like I don't know the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Psychologist cannot prescribe medicine. Psychiatrist can. Okay, yeah. so she's a psychiatrist. So we were talking about um, that. She, she, I started reading a book called The Body Keeps Score. That's, uh-huh. that's a phenomenal like, book. <laughs> yeah. That's a phenomenal Mind-blowing. Yep. Yep, um, yep, yep. But, but part of it, too, was, again, connected back to our own personal story of, like, we have two adopted sons from Guatemala. Um, I don't remember the specific statistics, so I'm not going to like throw a particular number out there. But the the, the number of children who are adopted, it's the, it's off the charts how many of those children are on the spectrum. Um, right. This takes it to a whole nother level of profoundness when we think about when Amelia and I started noticing some things in our own kids, and we started researching and realizing like it's this is connected directly to prenatal brain development, mm-hmm. um, and a, and a mother doesn't even have to to live an illicit lifestyle it's just simply yeah. the stress of like i'm carrying a baby that i don't want to continue to, mm. to 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 mother in life um can create enough cortisol in the blood to to change the development of the brain and and have right. future impact um that is weighs heavily on my heart as a as a father with of oh, two, yeah. two sons who are adopted um and then you think about like 
in conditions going back to Guatemala where, uh, you know, you have generations of people who have grown up without, meaning like they have stress, they, they experience stress that we can't even wrap our brains around. And so generation, generation, generation of stress, 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 and the implications of what, how that impacts yeah. their, the mental state right. of their population is mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. This um, uh, ministry has, uh, there are people requesting this all over the place, um, Africa, all over Latin America, all over the States. Um, it's um, uh, there's a website, um, authenticos.com. Um, I would invite anyone to check that out. Okay, um, what's that website? Authenticos. It's, you know, How Greek you, for authentic. Okay, authentic. Yep. O-S. Authenticos. Yep. A t h e n t i k o s. Yes. For those who can spell. <laughs> I cannot spell. Authentic so. with a K at the end. K o s. Transliterated Greek for authentic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so you should know how to do that. <laughs> we also have listeners. Of course I can read your mind. I understand We'll put that. the link. There's going to be a link in the... There's uh, going to be a link in the show notes. Yeah, that's right. There you go. There's going to be a link in the show notes. And if you're, if you're a creative type and you would like to experience this ministry, or if you are not a creative type and you'd like to help alongside in this ministry, um, I would encourage you to check out the website. And of course... Um, there's always a need for funding in order to, to run these ministries. But the fact that when you go on a short-term mission trip, usually it's a group of folks from a church that are going to paint a wall that's been painted five times, <laughs> ten times. Um, and it'll be painted again after you've yeah, gone. And they're, they're going down and so they can experience um, a cross-cultural, out-of-country sort of moment they can see other people they can be changed they can have their lives altered and therefore i think they have value Mm -hmm. but to the ministries typically um the value is that people come down and they make donations Mm -hmm. because they need the money to run that ministry Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't need the wall painted again sometimes there's benefit but but this the owners or what's it the the directors Mm -hmm. of these ministries have raved about im art and how it has helped uh young people cope and deal and, and start to have some healing. I remember seeing on one of the lessons just the, the idea that God has uh, created you and God has made you to, to be a piece of art, a work of art, mm-hmm. and seeing their faces and how it was, it was impacting them. Um, and I, I pondered, one, you just wondered what kind of life they had had that, that would scream something different and how to, to just how those words were sinking into their soul. And I remember just, just being moved and praying for them. And, but then the, the, the process, the, the curriculum and the artistic process that you guys have developed um, just does wonders and, and opening up healing and the beginning of change, right? The right. Of, yeah. Well, and that's what's beautiful, right? Like, yeah. cause we, Amelia, my wife and I have, have de- dialogued about this many times about like we don't want to over spiritualize and say because you know i grew up in the church i've heard this like well you know what god what what man went for evil god meant for good you know it's like that's that 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 trivializes the this the the trauma that somebody went through right um but 
But if we flip it and we say, well, actually what makes it beautiful is, is it can be redeemed if it's like this, the tears, you know, the streams in the desert that were from the tears of the people that were ahead. Of, like if, if I can then connect with somebody else and share my understanding of what they're going through in a way that yeah. can point back to Christ, um, it's subtly different. Um, but it, but that's what makes it beautiful. You know, like it's our entire story that's beautiful. It's not just the the good things. Mm-hmm. You know, the beauty right. is the mm-hmm. fact that, that really, like in the true sense of the gospel, like we're not worth saving, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's beautiful because God redeems all of it. Um, and even those, the black spots that were on the, the self, you know, portrait, um, they're part of the story. They are part of the story. They, we yeah. don't. They don't go away. That pain is always there. Yeah. But it, it's seen differently. You know. Yeah. The the resurrection has more value when you have uh, suffered in the life previous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a. Uh, that's hard for us to grasp, right? Yeah. And and I think it it causes particular grief. For those who don't know the Lord, mm-hmm. and and some sort of impetus to say, people people need to know Jesus because there is a resurrection. You know, there is hope, and there is the scraping off of that chalk, and and that's part of the story that is going to be more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, you don't know the benefit or the joy of a of a cool breeze if you haven't been working in the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, suffering is part of God's purposes. I think what's really amazing in Christianity is that it's God himself who suffers the most. Oh, my gosh. I, I, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with my oldest son a couple of weeks ago, and like we literally, like I, I laid my hands on him. We were talking about stuff that was going on in his life. I prayed, um, and then I found out some things the very next day um, that took me down to my knees again. And then like a nanosecond later, I was like, Oh my word, this is how God feels every day about me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, which leads me to a theological. You want to shift gears for a second sure, here? Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. Would you be willing to say that God likes suffering? I mean, it's part of the story, and he's purposed it, and he takes most of it himself. Hmm. Does he like it? Does he Does he want it? Well, are you gonna, is that an open question yeah, for, open question. for yeah. all of us? Chime in. Chime in. I'm not a theologian. I don't have the, 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 the That's why you're suffix. going first. That's right. <laughs> you can correct my flaws. Hopper Podcast Hoppers, you are hearing the beginning of a conversation that was so good that we're going to turn it into its own episode. We're going to get that out to you next week. Hey, we've got bonus episodes for you. You asked for them, we got them. Yep, more Hopper goodness. Bonus episodes that are only for our Patreon subscribers. We're a little bit freer to tell stories that we don't really want out there in the public. It's like, I don't know, the Hopper Podcast after dark. Oh, yeah, like the time we went to see the Rock Hard Willie Band. You've said too much already. (laughs) Okay, it's easy. Just touch or swipe the cover art on the Hopper Podcast on your podcasting app, and you'll find show notes. Follow the link there and sign up to give us a little bit of money each month, $5, $10, $20. At any level, you'll get immediate access to all our bonus episodes. We'll send you a special link to a new private podcast feed, and you'll get all the bonus episodes on your phone automatically. We love our Patreon supporters, and we treat them right. You know who you are? 
thank you so much. You can become a Hopper Podcast Insider today. Hey, Willie, I want to do a another list, like another draft. Oh, yeah, we've had fun with those. Yeah, so I want to, uh, to say the top 70s classic rock groups. Okay. Top 70s classic rock groups. Yeah. Okay. So classic rock groups from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And think of it this way. If you were yeah. if you were to open your own radio station, okay. your own classic rock radio station, yeah. Yeah. and you could only pick five groups All right. or, or five individuals uh, that would be on your radio station. Okay. Okay. I see where this yeah. is going. So you need, a, you need groups that have a lot of songs, uh-huh. songs that you want to hear over and over again that people like. Okay. Okay. So- so here's the problem. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I really didn't listen. We, I grew up very, very sheltered Christian home, and uh-huh. we didn't listen to rock music. Well, and okay. I had a truck. So I know some now. <laughs> yeah. But not like you're growing up in a heathen family. Uh, uh, well, that's not accurate. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did not have uh, classic rock. I, I actually didn't know of classic rock uh-huh. until college. Okay. That's when I started listening to hmm. classic rock. Mm-hmm. So in high school mm-hmm. and before I had, when I was a kid, I had Kenny Rogers in a, on an oh, album. okay. And on one of those little so record is he your, players. So is he your first choice? There was like a suitcase. He's your first draft is Kenny Rogers? <laughs> he's, he's not classic rock. Okay. So uh, we, we had two radio stations. Yeah. Uh, one that was like a pop radio station, one that was a country radio station. Oh, okay. And so the, the, the songs that I heard were pop music from the 70s, yeah. which... Um, uh, which didn't have a lot of classic rock that I remember. Sure, sure. And uh, more classic country mm-hmm. on the other station. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when the 80s hit, of course, there was you know, all the all the one-offs, you know, the one-hit okay. wonders of the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, and rap. I started listening to rap okay. in the 80s. Yeah, sure, sure. So that's when that, that hit the scene. Yeah, that was a big deal. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was in the 90s that I, I discovered classic rock and thought, oh, I, I think I've heard these as a kid, some, mm-hmm. you know, here and there. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, it's probably my favorite genre. Okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up listening to this either. Okay, well. But I, since I like it, I think I have a... <laughs> yeah, see, I, this is not my... I think that Not I, your cup of tea. This is not my cup of tea, but I, I think I can come up with a few. Uh, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, well... Okay, um, so who's going first, then? Should we flip a coin? Sure, go ahead. Flip a coin. We don't have a coin, remember? <laughs> no one has coins anymore. Flip it in your head. Well, And I, tell me if I won or not. I, <laughs> here, uh, pick a number, one or two. Two. The number is one. Okay. I didn't cheat, either. All right. I'll go first, yeah. and I have to say Led Zeppelin. All right. Um, now, Led Zeppelin has a bunch of good songs... People like them. Mm-hmm. There's a diversity in their music. Okay. So there's a lot of songs you could play yeah. that sound different from one another, but they do have their distinct sound. They're probably everyone's favorite supergroup from the 70s. Okay. Um, lots of good songs. But one of them yeah. is a known satanic worshiper. One of the members of the band? Yeah. Who is that? Uh, Jimmy Page. The, okay. the guitar player. Yeah. Uh, it's reputed. He, this is a guy that, that the rumors that he sold his soul to be able to play the guitar. You know, you've yeah. heard that. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So this uh-huh. is one of those guys that they okay. say. Okay. Okay. He, he made a deal with the devil. Yeah. I, I think if I, I, this may not be right. It could be urban legend. Yeah. We need some fact checker, checkers out there, but. Okay. I think he bought Anton LaVey's castle. 
Okay. Does that sound familiar? No. Okay. I know who you're talking about, of course, but yeah, I don't the, know that story. Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible. Right, 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 right. Um, so it's it's uh, questionable what his beliefs are. Yeah. And the rest of the group probably was just a um, a party animal sort of rock and roll group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the lead singer mm-hmm. says he can't remember touring mm-hmm. in the 70s. Mm. They just did drugs and sex and... yeah trashed hotel rooms and did the whole rock and roll thing. Right, right. Um, so I'm not down with any of that. but Sure, but the music is good, they, you d- like. They had some good music. Some of the music is uh, a little dark or a little sensual or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, yeah. Okay. We should throw, you know, here's a topic to throw in the hopper, and that is Satanism. Absolutely. Actually, I know someone we can interview. Oh, really? Yeah, about witchcraft. Okay. That's different than Satanism. Yeah. I think quite different. Quite different. I don't know if it's quite. Different. I think it's quite different. I think it's pretty similar. Really? <laughs> well, have to well talk I mean, about in the it. sense that they're anti-Christian, and there's so there's I'm sure comparisons to be made, but uh, witchcraft I think is completely separate from Christianity, where Satanism really is, in many many ways, dependent upon Christianity. I think it's kind of anti-Christian religion, where witchcraft, of course, is not Christian, but is its own thing, and has been in cultures all over the world. Yeah. That's interesting. That would be a good discussion. Yeah, it would. Um, Just throw that in the hopper. Um, yeah. Because that's, yeah, there's some really interesting stuff. So there's a there's a anyway. video uh, of Led Zeppelin. They did like a show, like a yeah. long, uh, I don't know, The Song Remains the Same, I think was the name of it. Okay. And in the beginning, um, there's a spirit. It's the camera moving yeah. around, but it's like a spirit, okay. right? And it's hearing some kind of tune. It's calling. Yeah. And... Uh, it wanders around from place to place, the different band members, and it yeah. finally uh, finds Jimmy Page, uh-huh. who's actually turning this music box. So he's okay. the one calling the spirit. Oh. And as he turns to greet the spirit, his eyes are glowing red. Oh, my. Okay. So that that's the imagery that they either believe or played upon. Yeah, and, uh, I would yeah. think that that would help to sell sure. tons of records, well, and so yeah. all the hair bands that got into heavy metal. Yeah, uh, I mean the real, the serious heavy metal bands. Uh-huh. They all kind of did the Satan thing as a, you know, we're angry, we're bad, we're rebellious, and that helped them right. sell. Right. Yeah, right, I right, mean right. the classic and horrible example of that is Marilyn Manson. Yes, yes, yes. Can't stand that guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just like let's let's just be as weird and rebellious as possible, so I can pick up some extra dough. Right. Right, right, right. So I can stuff dollars in my pocket mm-hmm. and call it art. I don't mm-hmm. know. Disagree with me, people. No, call I, in and disagree with me. I think that's I right. I think that's yeah. right. Okay, so it's my turn. Yeah. Um, let's see. You know, for uh, I think if I'm going to go for the Rolling Stones. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, that's one that I know that a lot of people really, really love, um, and have been around for a very long time. They've got a ton of music out. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I think not unlike Led Zeppelin, they are just like a super group that everybody, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. there's going to be stuff in there for everybody, for sure. Yeah. They have a lot of songs, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Good choice. Um, now, this group is not exactly Tell me. a 70s super group, because they started in the 60s, okay. but they played through the 70s. Yeah, yeah, sure. And if you include their whole body of work, it is extensive, and they're probably one of the most beloved groups of all time, and that is the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have the Beatles on my radio station. Sure. And, of course, you know that the Beatles is spelled B-E-A-T-L-E-S, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, not like the bug, but like, not like the bug, but the beat. But the beat, and yeah. but it's a play on the bug, yeah, for sure. sure. It's uh, not the beats, but the beetles. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think right. their haircuts look like beetles, huh? <laughs> that I never thought about that. That probably that may be what they were going for. Uh, maybe. And they really they really changed over time too. Yeah, they they definitely developed from you know the love love me do. Yeah. To the White Album and right. Sgt. Pepper's and yeah. Yeah, some really interesting. Yeah. Some yeah. I honestly I like their earlier stuff better, but some uh-huh. of the later stuff is is fine. Yeah. Is, is is worth listening to, but creative and interesting and uh-huh. man, lots of songs tons. and widely loved. You're right about that. Yeah. Okay, man, that's that's got to hurt on my radio station if I can't play the Beatles. Right. Uh, all right. I think, you know, I really this is not my genre, and so I got to pick out some stuff that I, that I know about, I suppose, and that's not going to be easy. But one band that I do like. A fair amount of their music is Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh yeah, yeah, they got a lot of songs. They do, and and they've got a unique sound uh-huh. um, that I I really like. There is a documentary about them out. Oh um, yeah, it's uh, I think on Netflix, and it just reviews their the height of their um, early days in the you know seventy one. I think they're like the one of the number one groups in the world. Yeah. Okay. Um uh, so sixty nine, seventy, seventy one, they were they were huge. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, and they do have lots of good songs. Sure. Uh the documentary stopped there though. What? Yeah, and so after they uh split, there's been years of controversy and lawsuits and arguments over the name of the band. Um uh, John Fogarty, who's really the main guy there, mm-hmm. he did lead vocals. He wrote the songs. He played the gu- lead guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really kind of his thing. Mm. And I think the group failed to recognize his talent, but I think he also got a, a big head. Fair enough. And they started arguing and fighting, and there was yeah. So yeah, um, they did, they didn't cover any of that. <laughs> huh? What did they cover? <laughs> Just their rise to fame and okay. yeah and. Okay. Uh, their their golden years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a great choice. You got two good choices. There. Uh, yeah, well, there's there's a there's a ton of good. I mean, even for someone who's not a big fan of this genre, mm-hmm. like I am, there's a ton of great music that came out of here. Oh, why don't yeah. we, why aren't there musicians these days that are doing that? I don't know. Whatever. There are super groups. Well, why aren't we making music? At, I don't think the music of today is as good as this. You know, I agree. I agree. I think it's um, they're trying to come up with something new. I mean, if you listen to classic rock, it's been so done, right? Yeah. It's so dated. Everyone's heard it so many times. Yeah. Um, I get that. I'm I'm at that age too, where I want to hear something kind of new and fresh. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's got to be an improvement, or it's got to be worth listening to. And a lot of what today is making, it's just not. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't have any melody to it. Right. 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 I, I really right. want strong melody. Yeah. And uh, that's that's hard to come by these days. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing that's going on is that everybody is making music, hmm. and there aren't any like super groups. Okay. So when when we were kids, like I said, I had two radio stations. Yeah. And whatever was on the radio station was that everyone at school was listening to. Yeah, that's what you're listening to. Sure. And we all had that in common. It yeah. was a commonality. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we would talk about those songs, and we would relate culturally because those mm-hmm. are the songs that we were all listening to. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s, although there were lots of groups, there were some that were really at the top, and that's what we're kind of highlighting now. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows about them, and everyone knows their songs. And mm-hmm. 
And now there's just, I mean, a zillion different groups. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure any of them are rising to the top because we're so disjointed, mm. right? Our communities have broken down. We're all on the internet. Everyone's listening to sense. their own music. They're watching their own Netflix series. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Thursday night television. Mm -hmm. Everyone I knew watched Thursday night television. Oh, yeah. Everybody watched the Cosby yeah, show. That's right. Everybody. Everybody. And now it's uh, people are all watching different things. And, right. And we don't have that commonality to talk about it anymore. Right. Everyone's putting their music out on the internet in a variety of different ways. Yeah, so nobody so, could get as big as the Beatles, no matter how innovative they are. I don't think so. And even uh, when they when they tabulate this, like yeah. who has the most record sales, mm -hmm. um, I think that that's skewed as well. Sure, sure, sure. Because there there are far more people in the world uh, buying things. Sure. And 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 music has grown in popularity. Right. And, uh, and or like the cost of albums has gone mm -hmm. up. So it's like, oh, th these people have made the most money. Well. Are we including inflation in that? Sure. Are we including the changes in society? Because, sure. yeah, I, I think... Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. The other thing that, that I wonder about is, that's totally separate, is uh, in the past, so in the 60s, there is a ton of groups that, and even the groups that we've mentioned so far, have yeah. got some stuff out there that are not that great. Right. Um, and so we are, when you listen, when you tune into a classic rock station, they're going to play only the hits, where today... We don't know what the hits are going to be because we haven't listened to it. That's how right. art is, right? You, somebody's making art now. They're just throwing out everything and see, seeing what's going to hit. Nobody knows what we're all going to like. Yeah. And so, but in the, you know, what what do we like from Led Zeppelin? Well, we all know that. Yeah. What do we like from the Beatles? Well, you know, not all their songs are equally popular. And right. so we pick out the ones that we like the best and we put those up. But no one knows which ones we like the best until they, we've listened to them and like the you know the whole yeah. world has been listening to them for a long time so right. you got an artist who puts out you know a few albums in the last two years who knows what their best songs are well and yeah like i said and there's so a zillion different artists terrible too. stuff i mean yeah, yeah. yeah right 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 so who's going to know what everyone's listening they're not well that so yeah. those are two separate things that yeah. that uh, make it seem like they were making better music in the past when maybe they're not and we just haven't it's harder to find and we just haven't Absolutely. because of time and a plethora, an overabundance yep. of good music. Yeah, finding needles in the haystack. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, let's get anyway, back here. Number yeah, three. I, number three for you. This is for me. Uh, people may disagree with That's fine. Okay. Um, for me, I've got to pick the Eagles. Okay, yeah. Um, the Eagles, uh, that would be more of a little southern rock flair for uh -huh. my station. Yeah. They have tons of songs. Actually... Uh, they had songs well past the 70s, but I don't really listen to those. Okay. Um, apparently, they had a, a giant fan base when they got back together in the 80s and into mm -hmm. the 90s um, before uh, the lead guy, he's not the lead singer, but the mm -hmm. lead guy, Glenn mm -hmm. Fry, uh, mm -hmm. passed away. Okay. They were still making music. Um, people, yeah, they had their own little scene. I'm not familiar with that, but the old stuff, yeah. Love it. Okay. Lots of it, and it's and it's good. It is, yeah. It's really yeah. good. That's that's one of the groups that I know a lot, and that's going to be tough because I, I think I probably would have picked that for my station. So instead, I'm going to go for the Beach Boys. Does the Beach Boys oh, count? Oh yeah, yeah. Beach Boys is a great option. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it. They have a different sound than pretty much any of these others that we've yeah. talked about so far. But I like that. It was a unique sound. Yep. And they just did it really, really well. And for me, it's just it's fun mm -hmm. music. It's not deep. It's not but but it you know, 
it's fun, and yeah. I really, really love listening to it and singing along. And it fits their name. It's very beachy and very beachy. Yeah, and and they were very proficient as well. No doubt, they were great musicians. Yeah. So they have they have tons of songs and. Yeah. Okay, you got three solid choices for not uh, not knowing a whole lot about <laughs> okay. 70s well, rock and roll. Yeah. Um, let's see. I am going to pick next an individual. Okay. Um, who has gobs of songs. Okay. And his body of work is also pretty wide-ranging, very distinct sound. Mm-hmm. That's Elton John. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like some of his music for sure. I know mm-hmm. a little bit of it, um, and what I have listened to, I really like a lot. Yeah. Yep. Lots of them. Lots yeah. of lots of tunes. He's been prolific, hasn't he? He has. A good songwriter, yeah. I think. Um, you know, he. Uh, I think a lot of his songs were written by uh, a guy named. Um, oh. Bernie Taupin, I think was his guy. Okay. Well, never uh, mind that. <laughs> but okay, they had they made a good team then. Yeah, I hope I got that name right because you know my mind is getting crusty and old. But yes, um, I've noticed. It, yeah, it's visibly on my face now. <laughs> um, all of me is getting crusty and old. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so a guy wrote a lot of the lyrics, and and Elton John put it to music. He oh, composed all the music okay. and he sang okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, you want to include them as a duo? That's fine. But you know, no, no, no. I yeah, yeah. I don't care about that. But yeah, no. He's got great music. Yep. For tons sure. Of it. For yep. sure. Okay, how about another one that I know of that has a unique sound that I really like, and mm-hmm. that's Santana. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I have yeah. A, that's a, like a Latin flair to yes, it. Yes, mm-hmm. and maybe that's in part because I like that Latin flair a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we lived in Miami for years, and he doesn't sound exactly Latin, but he's got a Latin flair to like a rock. Yep. He's kind of a fusion almost. And he's got some clean guitar playing. Yeah, and, his guitar yeah. playing is really, really wonderful. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's it's a different sound. and Yeah, I just don't know how many tunes he has that I would recognize. So Well, that's a problem with as... a lot of the sev- 70s rock for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I just don't, don't know him that much. Right. Uh, anyway, I like his music, what I've heard, and it's really, yeah, it's... All right, so... For my fifth choice, this is tough because there's some other really great groups that have made a lot of good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll throw some out. You you might uh, you might pick from them. I don't know. Uh, You know, Aerosmith. Yeah. Okay. Um, Uh Super Tramp is not well known. I was thinking about lots of good songs. I don't know who that is. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. And and another one that people don't really know, but there are lots of good songs is Badfinger. I've never heard Um, of Badfinger. Yeah. Uh, ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Okay. Um, the police. People like the police. I've heard of the police. I don't. I don't know any of their music. Um, let's see. Uh, was that Sting? Was he the Sting? Lead? Yeah, he went on a solo career after. Yeah. The, the police. Okay. Um, Heart. There were uh, two sisters, the Wilson sisters. Yeah, that sounds. They have lots familiar. of good songs. Okay. They're always on classic rock stations. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, their song Barracuda and uh, uh-huh. others are just you know, always being played. Yeah. Um, and I. I I got two left. I'm trying to pick between. Actually, man, it's like four more that I, I really want to choose from. Well, you've only got one left. I know. I'm going to go ahead and tell you which four they are, though. Okay. I would want to choose between Queen. Yeah. Okay. Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Uh huh. And the Steve Miller Band. All, all right. All four of them have tons of songs. Okay. They're all really good. Yeah. Um. I think I'm going to pass on Leonard Skinner because I have the Eagles for the Southern Rock category. Yeah. 
Um, so some diversity for I'm your gonna get a little station. Bit, a little bit of diversity, even though it's all class. You know what? I think I'm going to have to go with Queen for that reason. Okay. Queen has a has a very unique sound. They do, yeah. Lots of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fleetwood Mac has tons of songs, too. Mm-hmm. Steve Miller as well. But they're, they're definitely kind of a similar taste to the Eagles. And uh, man, uh, you know, oh gosh, Billy Joel. Oh, Billy, Billy Joel. Joel has tons of music. Eric Clapton, he has tons of, All right. of music. All right, yeah, uh-huh. You're giving me some good ideas yeah. here. Well, Santana was, you know, too, too personal a choice. So you pick pick a good fifth one, or you're going to lose if we put this on the Facebook I have, post. I, you, know, you know how long it's been since I've listened to a music radio station of any kind ever? No, I don't. At least 30 years. Okay. But do you have any, like... Music collection. If you're not I, listening to, I don't I, listen to a radio either. But right, I, I do, but I don't listen. Yeah, this is not my music. Yeah, honestly, I listen to more like instrumental. Most mostly right now, for the last for many years, instrumental music, orchestral uh-huh. and classical music, and then like new age stuff. I like a lot. Uh-huh. So this, yeah, I mean, it's new age stuff like like Enya. Uh huh. I love oh, Enya. Okay, I love. So you can make fun of me, but I, I love. No, Enya. I like Enya. I like yeah. Enya. Um, yeah, yeah, do yeah. you uh, so you like listen to Swan Lake and stuff like that? I don't know about that one, but yeah, stuff like that. Classical Ch- Chopin, piano. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Do Gershwin. You like, do you like opera? No, I have not gotten into opera. Okay, I hate opera. Yeah, it's my least favorite genre. Yeah, I don't. I can I respect it, but I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you got one choice. I got left. One... I gave you tons of options. You did, and of those, all I, of them good. I, I'm going to go with Billy Joel. Yeah, that's a that's a he's got. He's, He's got tons of songs. And I do like a number of his songs. Yeah. yeah My and, wife is a big Billy Joel fan. And he went into the 80s as well. So he spanned some, yeah. some decades there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what he's doing now. I don't either. Hopefully he's not having a heart attack. Gack, 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 gack. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. So, so my lineup. This is going to be your radio station plays nothing but these five. These five. And then we'll hear your five. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, my station has Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, The Eagles, Elton John, and Queen. Yeah, yeah. That, that's tough. That's, that's solid. Yeah. Okay, my station only plays The Rolling Stones, Creedence Clearwater Revival, The Beach Boys, Santana, and Billy Joel. Okay. Uh, Very good. Well, people are going to have to chime in. So, so we're going to put this on Facebook um, and... We'll see. We'll have a poll. See which radio station would you listen to if these if this is what they played. That's right. Which one would you rather listen to? Because you can only pick one for the you rest. Can only of your pick life. one for the rest of your life. That's the only station, the only music you're on you will ever island. hear again. You're forever. on an island. Yeah. And this is the the uh, only station. You, you get the full yeah. discography of each of these. Right. Um. And and see which one you pick. Yep. Well, I know I like- which I'd pick for sure. So. <laughs> you just did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Thanks. Very for- good. Sure enough. listening to the hopper podcast you made it to the end of this week's episode congratulations 
you win a drink from the fire hose. Oh, boy. To claim that prize, write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. And join us next time. We'll discuss if Kanye West needs a straight jacket and a sedative. I don't know anything about that. I think you probably could use that. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by Charmin Artisanal Toilet Paper. Yes, it is artisanal. <laughs> Your $5 words again. <laughs> <laughs>